Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show. This is the Open Championship preview. I'm your host, George Ellick, and I'm joined today by Odds Checker's very own golf tipster, Niall Lyons, to go through his card, go through the runners and riders, and who is going to win the 140th Open Championship at Royal St George's. Niall, how are you doing? It's been a busy couple of weeks with a footy, but time to find something else to get our teeth into. And luckily, the greatest tournament in golf is upon us this weekend. Yeah, the Friday was great the last couple of weeks, to be fair. It was a great watch, uh, even for Spe- an especially Irishman. For, oh, especially for an Irishman, yeah. Especially for an Irishman <laughs> who texted his mate, me, who living in living in the UK, asking who he should back for the Euros, and he replied saying Italy. So, yeah, I think you can... Yeah, uh, to be you, fair, you did well. And, and also, you had a great shout in Chiesa. We were slightly unlucky there. 150-1 to one top goal scorer. Not to get him in the each-way places. In fact, he was one of the best players in the whole tournament, I thought. Mm-hmm. Great show. But anyway, as you say... Open Championship this week, and it's been two years, so it's absolutely delightful to have it back. Yeah, it is. It is. And back at Ross George's last time, it was down there on the Kent coast. It was Darren Clark with a very emotional win. I think it was back in 2011. So before we get into who you've put up in your column, I think it's eight players. So it's lucky it's just you on the pod today, because otherwise I think we'd pretty run out of time. <laughs> Um, let's talk about St George's uh, and what kind of a test it is, I guess, to these players, how it differs from maybe some of the other tests. And you have Darren Clark, minus five winning score last time. Are we expecting that to be around the same mark that we're going to see this weekend? I would hazard a guess it'll be slightly better than that, even though I think the, the course will play tough enough. Uh, when Ben Curtis won back in 2003, he was he actually won at one under par as well. And with the looks of the, the photos and videos we've seen over the first couple of days practice, uh, the rough's quite high and it's going to be tough. And it just depends on how much the wind blows, and, you know, what how, how the scores are going to be kept at low. But uh, it's a great test to have it back and, you know, links golf. It's, it should be a great watch over the week. Should be brilliant. I mean, I've been lucky enough to play uh, at St George's uh, a few times in the last few years, and I was actually down there a couple of weeks ago. And it's interesting because it's, it's the kind of course that strikes me as one where you're probably going to be benefited by having played there before. There are a lot of, of blind shots, a lot of blind drives as well. Um, and I think when you look at the leaderboard last time, there's quite a few players up towards the top end. You know, Darren Clark winning it, of course. Phil Mickelson tied second. Ricky Fowler. And then a bit lower down, still kind of top 10, top 20 area. You've got players like Simon Dyson, Raphael Jacqueline, Davis Love, Lucas Glover, Steve Stricker. All players who've kind of wily old timers who've been there before. But then, of course, you've also got Dustin Johnson and tied second as well, who back then was an exciting younger talent who had the length off the tee and, and brought a different side to the game as well. So it strikes me as a pretty fair test uh, and the kind of track where you could see pretty much anyone in the field with their with what they've got in their armory going well. You know, if you can hit it long and straight, that's going to put you in a good position. But also those nerdlers who maybe have a few more um, years on the clock uh, uh, should be okay as well, as seen by that leaderboard last time. So it's going to be unbelievably exciting to see just this tournament for the first time in a couple of years getting underway on Thursday. Uh, we're recording this at 9.20 on Tuesday morning, so a couple of days before. Niall, you, um, your column, your tipping column went out yesterday evening, so some people have already seen them. And what we're going to do is just run through your tips, all eight of them uh, in a row here now, and then go through some of the players, some of the few players left in the field that you haven't mentioned in there as well. Um, do uh, get uh, on downloading the Odds Checker app before you listen or watch this because there you'll find the best prices that we'll be talking about today. The best place terms, remarkably Paddy Power going, uh, sorry, Paddy Power and Boyle Sports got both going a sixth 
12 places i don't think i've ever seen a sixth before but i'm i'm excited to uh to try and get some uh get some sixth 12 places there at both of those firms too the best tipsters including nile himself free bets uh, special offers and all sorts of other things so do download the odds checker app now the top selection number one four point win the player at the top of the market as well the us uh, open champion from from last time out it is of course john rum yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited still to get about nine to one about Ram after his US Open win. Uh, he won, it's no surprise that he, he'd be contended around Torrey Pines that he loves the place, but uh, the, the kind of golf that he produced right at the end, especially when, you know, around the turn, it looked like it wasn't going to happen for him that day. Uh, you know, he three-putted from about 20 feet, and I think uh, that showed his resilience. And we talked about it in that podcast for the US Open, just what kind of resilience he would show on, on a Tory Pines course that you know uh, at, at a US Open like that, there things are going to go wrong and how he's going to react. And he reacted so well uh, just to get into the mix there, to get into the mix over the last three or four holes. And then what he pulled out at the end was unbelievable. Uh, that followed what was one of the best performances I think we've seen in golf since Tiger's Day when he was sixth clear in Memorial. Like I don't think I'm underestimating that. I think that it was some of the best golf that we've ever seen. And since, you know, obviously the US Open win, he really looked like he was going to win in Scotland last week. I can't, can't believe that he didn't. I was trying, I was trying and hoping to get a free go at this Open. Uh, there was quotes of around 66 to one to win both of them. Uh, so I, I got a few quid on that. Didn't quite work out, but I think when you come to Royal St George's, it's a, it's it's a better course for him to separate himself from the pack than what uh, the Renaissance was last week. Uh, all parts of his game looking great, Nick. He did miss a few short putts last week. Uh, hopefully that won't be the case this week. But uh, everything's going for him. You know, he's one of the best links players in the field. He's won twice on Irish links, uh, and I just think. He's in, the, he's, he's in the form probably closest, you know, people will uh, warn you not to kind of overreact to this kind of form, but I think he's he's possibly in the best form we've seen anyone since Tiger's Day. Uh, obviously, McElroy was unbelievable when he won that club of majors, but it wasn't quite, it wasn't quite the same competition as what it is now. Uh, I think over the, I think over the past, five or ten years that the guys who have filled the top five in the world i think rams the best putter of them all spieth on his day can be the best putter obviously but i think ram is consistently the best in the greens and i think that could translate into more majors than anyone else at the top of the game in the next five or ten years uh, he, there's not one venue or one major that doesn't really suit him you know you've got the likes of bryson who will need a long yes open type venue with with big rough in order to contend, and uh, the other the other guys have weaknesses and parts of their game. Dustin Johnson goes through uh, uh, periods where he, he can't hold a putt. Rory McIlroy, we know his problems, you know, in various parts of his game down the years. Justin Thomas is a, is a shade inconsistent sometimes with his ball striking on with a putter. So I think Ram is consistently good across his game, and I think it will translate to more major wins than, than anybody else at the top of the game. And I think the nine to one or around the nine to one. It's very fair this week, uh, given his record and links. I'm quite excited about his chances once again. Not quite a five-pointer like he was at Torrey Pines, four-pointer mm-hmm. this week. But, uh, just simply because of the open, throws up a, a shade more uh, volatility, I would say, uh, with the weather and 
getting on the right side of the draw and stuff. But I'm still quite confident that that he contains this. Yeah, Rom, 17 to 2, best price at the moment with Sport Nation. Uh, I mean, I, I just want to echo what you said about that performance in the US Open, uh, especially as somebody who had uh, Louis Eustazen for a few quid. It was impossible not to be just incredibly impressed by Rom on that Sunday. Uh, I think it's often forgotten. You know, he held that part on 17, then the part on 18. But he also went so close to holding long parts on 15 and 16 as well. And I think it was on 13, there was that kind of 30-footer that most of the field would watch three part that. Uh, where they were all putting it about 15, 14, 15, 16 foot past. And Ram just rolled it up to the whole two foot short, which I thought was almost as impressive as anything else we saw on the day, um, oh. playing at just a, a different level. It, do you have any concerns over the fact that his Open Championship record so far leaves a fair bit to be desired? He's had four starts, 59th, 44th, a missed cut, and then an, an 11th last time out in 2019? Uh, no, I don't think so. Not 11th is a good sign. I think... Uh... You know, you look down at the stats here down the years and you'll see that, that most guys have had a top 10 before before winning the Open Championship. But he's got an 11, so it's not that bad. But nevertheless, I think he's just reached a new level. A, re, a new level. I think we even talked in the last podcast that you'd be worried about him, you know, down the stretch in a major championship because he hasn't really been... He hasn't look, really look done at that turned out. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think you can doubt him at all, uh, especially with the golf he's playing. It just eclipses all stats and trends that, that you would be worried about. I think, you know, his game just speaks volumes and it's, it stands out. So uh, it won't be for many simply because the volatility of an open championship, you can get in the wrong side of the draw and it can be a disaster. But the weather looks favourable across the board. This week, I think it'll be sunny and warm with a bit of wind. And I don't think anybody will really get too bad of a draw. So... I'm hoping that you know that there's no big bass on any side, and that he hopefully gets on the right side, and it'd be hard to beat. I think. I'm lucky enough to be on the 18th fairway on Sunday this week. So if John Rahm is coming down the stretch, I'll give him an extra clap for you, as uh, with his arms in in the air uh, coming down 18. We'll move on to the second selection and you know not necessarily from a punting point of view but the player that if I could pick anyone to cheer down 18 uh, come the Sunday of the of, of the Open Championship it would of course be Jordan Spieth three points each way he's best point best price 20 to one at the moment that's with William Hill who are fifth nine places and what can you say about Jordan Nile and his chances that we haven't already said before well even even during his periods of bad forms throughout his career his form here and that Augusta has remained consistent. You know, he's made seven of seven cuts here at an Open Championship and uh, two top tens outside of his win. So no matter how even poor golf he's playing, he usually comes here and performs, and he's not playing poor anymore. Uh, slight question marks whether he'd be in the same kind of form as what he was in the, earlier in the year, but uh, he hasn't played he hasn't played at all, actually, since, since the US Open. But a, a top 20 there, Torrey Pines, is... A great finish for him. It's not really a US Open course that would suit him. It's very mm. long. Um, uh, he actually missed the cut at the Farmers early on in the year in January. That was his last missed cut. Uh, so top 20 there is actually a very good saying. Um, I think Ross and Georges will just play into his hands. Uh, if you remember the way Darren Clark won, he was, he was hitting the ball low in the greens and running them up. And to be fair, he was getting an awful lot of luck. And if anybody can get the luck, he strikes me as just the type that would get it. Uh, I think you'll need a bit of imagination uh, 
coming into these greens, especially if the wind blows. Uh, there's often times where you'll need to land the ball maybe 10 or 15 yards before the green and run it up. And I think space perfect for that plan. You know, there's going to be like the slopes and the fairways that could take even a bad drive into the rough. And, you know, even a good approach shot on the greens or slopes that will take it off. So there's a fair amount of luck involved this week, I think. And uh, I think it just plays in the space of imagination. He, he loves a course like that that, you know, tests the, the mental side of the game. And, you know, there's no one better. There's no one better in the game than that. And I just think is. uh Really, his imagination on a short game could uh, propel him into contention over the weekend. Do, do we have any idea what he's been doing over the last three weeks? Do we know if he's been playing any links golf? Has he taken his time off in order to prepare for this? Or has it just been a, a bit of a break in order to kind of recharge? Just planning the winning party, as far as I know. <laughs> uh, so, Simon. No, uh, I think he, uh, I did see somewhere else a few days ago that he was playing some links course, but I actually can't remember where, but uh, it's, it's absolutely of no concern to me. Anyway, he's an abs- he's an expert around these parts, so uh, I think he should take this in Georgia's. And the price is just about fair. I would prefer it a wee bit bigger, simply because he hasn't played in a few weeks, but uh, yeah, it's he seems a likely contender around a place that, you know, you'll, you'll definitely need to get up and down around the greens and uh, own a bit of luck across the week. Yeah, onto a player then. We've got two there who haven't played Open Championships at uh, Royal St George's yet, but your third tip has certainly got a lot of Open Championship experience. He, he finished um, down in 54th back in 2011, but did make the cut and did shoot a 69 on the Friday. So some decent form around there as well. And it's a player that I think I've backed for every single major uh, for the last seven years. Uh, it's Paul Casey, who is currently best priced 50 to 1 although that is with Sport Nation, who are quarter the five places. If you're looking for some juicier place terms, maybe 365, the way to go, who are 45 to 1, uh, a fifth, the eights. But you've tipped him up um, at 1.5 points each way. I'm guessing the theory here being find a guy who can hit the ball long and far. Yeah, I, I'm a good ball fight. Straight, you know, yeah, yeah. You can keep it low, so... Uh... He's finished fourth and seventh at the last two majors, the PGA and US Open, and that, that's absolutely super form from Casey. And we've seen it at the back end of last year when he he, he very nearly won the PGA and was just uh, outdone by Morikawa in the end, but he done nothing wrong with the feet there. And it looked like he might kick on this year, and to be fair enough, he has. Uh, fourth and seventh those last two majors is a super record. And he's posted down two finishes whilst losing strokes on the greens those two weeks, which is very mm-hmm. telling. So if he, if he arrives with the same kind of game and he actually manages to hold a few putts then it could be a different story and this could actually be his time. Uh, obviously, we saw Larry won in Portrush and it would be similar scenes if Casey won at St George's too, uh, or indeed any any Englishman. But Casey has been uh, like Westwood, I guess. The two, guys, the two wily old guys who maybe deserve a major, they haven't quite got over the line. So... Uh, he's got a, a poor enough record in, in Open Championships down the years, bar the, the third place uh, behind Ustazen in 2010 at St Andrews, uh, where he played in the final group that day. But uh, apart from that, he, he's got a, a forgettable record, to be fair, in an Open Championship. But uh, the last two major performances are always a big sign when we always talk about this for, for the next major. So it's, it's always important to look at, at the results from the US Open at Torrey Pines, where he finished seventh. And I just think 
the venues this year have suited them, and this could just be up the street as well. And a 45 to 1, 50 to 1 out there, I think it's a fair bet. Paul Casey, the third selection. Uh, on to the fourth, it's Mark Leishman, 1.25 each points each way uh, for Leishman, a player that you've tipped up. I think, did you tip up for the PGA or was it the US Open you put him up for? Yeah, PGA, yeah. Yeah, and it didn't go to plan then. So what's getting you back on side here? Uh, best price at the moment, 66s with Unibet, uh, a fifth of seven places. Well, of course, he won, he won, he won a Tory Pines. Uh, so it was... It was hard to keep him off the list of the US <laughs> but I managed to do it. And, you know, it didn't work out there either. But uh, he, he's got three top six finishes here in Open Championship. And he's, the, the thing that, that really drew me towards him was his driving at the Travellers last time out. He finished third uh, at the Travellers there a few weeks ago when he drove the ball very well. And that's usually the weakness of his game. And this week, I think, you could see a lot more irons off the tee than usual as well, so that will suit him. He's putting very well this year. I think uh, there's a lot of signs that you know that this may be his year. If you looked at the four venues at the start of the year, uh, Augusta, Cayo Island, uh, Torrey Pines, and Georges mm. here, you would have thought Leishman would have a big chance of breaking this document. It just hasn't quite worked out so far, but nevertheless, Australians have great record in this this. Uh, Major, and I think he he could be one to add his name to the list. He's come close before, and I think the price is just quite tasty when you think about it. He finished third last time out in the PGA Tour event, so uh, sixty-six to one and seventy to one out there is is very decent for a guy who just looks to be a major winner and win. Yeah, Leishman, the the next selection, um, the fifth. And right now, I I mean, I read, try and read as many previews from all of you golf tipsters as I can I always start with Niles of course then when Ben Coley who's normally on this podcast when he um, put his out last night I read his and there was one name that came across a couple of times and then I read the golf betting system um, course overview and and, and tipping um, article this morning and there was a, that name came up again it feels like this is one of those where everybody who knows what they're talking about is getting their heads together and coming up with the same name it's, it's brandon grace who's currently 70 to 1 best price with a few firms mansion bet probably the one to go with who are a fifth the eight grace on your shortlist and plenty others as well yeah and i think it's it's quite a you know when when you get the the world of tipsters <laughs> all well the one golfer it, it it usually doesn't work out, but <laughs> when you get when you get the tipster world, and then you get uh, no offense to anyone out there, but the, the mug punting world as well. You can imagine anybody walking into a boogies this week, whether they've read a preview or not, will have Brandon Grace on their dockets. Mm. It, it, it just all adds up. He's he's having a great year so far. Uh, he won obviously in Puerto Rico. He had a great finish last time out in the major championship as well. Uh, finished seventh at Torrey Pines. Previous to that was fourth at Muirfield Village, <coughs> uh, at, at the Memorial as well. And that's a great performance for Brandon Grace, who who often is a shade and consistent say, in the in the big PJ Tour events. But he's won at the uh, Harbour Town as well, has won at Dunhill Links, uh, has a win in uh, Qatar as well. Everything points towards a great links player, and we do know that he's a great links player. He broke the scoring record at Birkdale in 2017, in 2017, shooting a 62 there on the Saturday. So he already holds records in the Open Championship without winning up. Uh, but everything is just seems to be aligned. His father died early on in the year, and that win in Puerto Rico was quite an emotional one. 
and uh, I think he might just show the same kind of resolve to play well here at, at uh, St George's and he will definitely fancy this he's one who keeps the ball low can run the ball up the greens really almost identical to the way Clark played uh, I think he, he has quite a similar game so uh, the 70 to 1 that's out there I'm sure 66 to 1 short and in places it was even bigger earlier on in the week I would make him closer to a 33 to 1 shot in this yeah well yeah, it seems like you're not the only one and Brandon Gray certainly somebody whose game fits perfectly uh, with what is needed to go well around Royal St George's uh, next up I mean this is it's, it's Sergio Garcia you put up at one point each way at 70 to 1 and this is quite conundrum uh, in my view as you know a maybe one of those mug punters you were just talking about where you've got a guy whose open record is absolutely stellar without winning one but whose recent major tournament record is amongst the worst of this caliber of player he's 70 to 1 at the moment with mansion bet and bet victor but you've seen enough to, to persuade you to go with the former rather than the latter form guide there's been plenty of majors down the years where he hasn't been performing and still turns up to an open championship and, and produces the goods. So uh, it's not really a big worry for me. Uh, more of a pointer would be the last three top 20s that he's posted three three on the trap at the Charles Schwab, the US Open and the BMW in Europe. And as I say, the US Open is a big top 20. Uh, you're always looking at decent performance in the previous major. Not many nowadays seem to win a major championship having not posted a decent result in the previous one. So the top 20 there is very good. The putter is, is always an issue. And even if he wins it this week, I'm sure we're going to be absolutely tortured throughout the four days of him missing some putts. So, uh, but at, at the same time, Link's Greens is where that putter performs best for him. So uh, I think 70 to 1 out there as well. It looks very tasty for a, for a master's championship and an open specialist who keeps the ball low. He's a great driver of the golf ball. Uh, great approach player. will hit plenty of greens. I think greens and regulation will turn out the guys who hit the most greens will be up there on, on the leaderboard uh, come the weekend. I think it's a great price for him play, playing good golf. Uh, as you say, the major record isn't great, but the last three efforts have been super. Um, top 20 in the US Open last time out. Uh, you know, there's no there's no negatives there really at all in recent form. So I think he's a great price and, and one who could definitely go well. Yeah, unbelievable. If you if you look at his open championship finishes between two thousand and two and two thousand sixteen, so before he won at Augusta, he's got an eighth, a tenth, a fifth, a fifth, a second, a ninth, a second, a sixth, and a fifth. I mean that that is you know, you, you look at somebody like Lee Westwood who you imagine has or or Justin Rose who has a decent open championship record and that you know, pales in insignificance compared to what Sergio Garcia has done in the Open Championship in the past, no matter where the tournament is held. So if he is back to his best, it's impossible not to see him go well. I think I do agree. Uh, two more at bigger prices then. Uh, Lucas Herbert, the first one, uh, one point each way at 100 to 1. Probably a fair few punters listening to to this podcast or watching this video who, you know, basically only bet on the majors may not know too much about these two. So give us a bit of background about Herbert and why you think he's uh, got the tools to go better than a 100 to 1 shot this weekend. Well, he won at Mount Juliet two weeks ago uh, and he won Dubai uh, early on last year. And Dubai form and desert form is usually a good pointer towards Lynx form. And Herbert looks the exact type who will go well on Lynx. He obviously won on Mount Julia, which isn't nice, of course, but he backed that up with the top five uh, in Scotland last week at the Renaissance. 
and uh, gave it a good go. He actually finished one shot out of a playoff in the end. So uh, I think it's it's quite easy to fall into the trap in major, in major championships to back guys, to always back the guys who kind of look like they're going to win a major, the guys who haven't won a major, like the guys like Leishman that, you know, some of them have, have already backed this week. It's also important to think outside the box slightly. And, you know, as you say, there are some guys who don't watch, who you only really watch the music will be surprised to see Lucas Herbert around the 80 to 100 to 1 mark. But that's just a sign of his form uh, and his credentials, to be fair. I think he's a very talented sort. And he, he would strike me kind of similar to uh, Charles Schwarzel whenever he won uh, the Masters. Just a very informed uh, European tour golfer who's been winning events. He's won two in the last uh, you know, 14 months or so. So uh, it's great form for a European tour player. Not many guys have won, a, won uh, multiple times in the last uh, year or two. And yeah, as I say, the links for it, he, he showed that he could play on links last week in Scotland. He played great stuff. And at the end of the day, he was only one shot off Matt Fitzpatrick, who is uh, less than half his price. Plus, Herbert has the win two weeks ago. So I think it, uh, it was a risky one. Like I had a few others who I, liked to, who I would have liked to include, uh, most notably really Russell Hermley, who's played great golf all year. And he was maybe overdue a win on a big performance on a major. He played well there at the US Open uh, for a fair long way as well. Uh, but Lucas Herbert's form, just this side of the water, has just slightly swayed me. And, uh, and it's a risky one, I agree. But uh, I think he could maybe he may, may not have the battle to win it, but he, he could easily contend over the weekend. He's 100 to 1 with Sporting Index, so only five places, but you've got 90 to 1 with 365, who are eight, the same with Mansion Bet as well. So, still some opportunities to support Herbert and near enough for a triple figure price, even if you've taken that uh, most of that 100 to 1 away. And then the final selection is a player who is currently, I think you put him up at 275. There's still a bit of that around uh, with Bet365 and Bet Victor, uh, Chris Kirk. Yeah. Uh... Bit of a left field one to be fair, uh, but I backed him two weeks ago at the Rocket Mortgage at the 8 1, and he was a couple, one or two shots behind going into the final day. It should have been better actually. He had a poor finish on the Saturday evening, was kind of put him behind the eight ball a bit. But uh, he's a streaky putter, uh, which he sometimes he really disappoints in the greens. But if he manages to hold the putts this week, uh, he could well be a contender. Uh, he's only played in two open championships, uh, one of which was at Royal Liverpool where he finished 19th, so top 20 and only two starts in Open Championships, and that's actually his best performance in a major, the 19th at the Open there about five or six years ago. Uh, Royal Liverpool was, of course, the week McElroy won. It was another week of good conditions, sunny conditions, uh, and warm, so I think that'll suit Kirk. Uh, and I think he's just overperforming on the, on the PGA Tour without really getting uh, his rewards. So I think... For the each way terms out there, you know you've got 10, 11, 12 comfortably out there to get. I think he's he's a great each way bet playing good golf in, in the states, and he's one who can keep it on the straight and narrow. And with, with the videos and the photos we've seen of the rough so far, I think that could prove fatal over the week. So, uh, I, I think he's a I think he's a great price at, at two hundred fifty and two seventy five. Chris Kurt, the final one there for now at a massive price, two hundred seventy five to one. 
for him in the Open Championship. Uh, before we let you go, Niall, we're just going to run through some of those at the top end of the market who people would probably have on their shortlists, and you can either tell them that they're a good thing or tell them to steer clear. Um, Brooks Kepka is next. So he's sandwiched in between John Rahm and Jordan Spieth at the top of the market, 18-1 to 1 best price. And fair to say, his, he's got quite a sneaky good Open Championship record as well. How do you see him going this weekend? Yeah, I think he can, can turn quite easily. That's a fair price. The 18 to one's quite decent. I think uh, a couple of majors this year, we've all been going, why did we not back Brooks? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Available. Uh, we get to be saying again, again about 18s, it, it's a very fair price. Uh, but as I, as I mentioned in the US Open podcast, I think I've been slightly disappointed with his efforts uh, at the weekend in some of these mm. majors. And he's maybe not, not quite as prolific. He's prolific in contending them. Don't get me wrong, but maybe not quite as prolific as winning them as what he once was a number of year, or a couple of years ago. So it would be enough to put me off. Plus, I think uh, just looking at, at guys who have slightly more imagination around the golf course than what Brooks has, and maybe a, a slightly lower ball flight as well. I'm just looking to those who, uh, you know, if, if it's a tough links test, which it has been here at St George's before, it just might not suit Kepka and even though the price looks fair, given on what he does in major championships, I would rather go elsewhere. Next up are three players all at 22 to 1. You've got two uh, major championship winners and, and regulars at the top end of the of the market in open championships in Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas. And then Xander Schauffele there with them as well, who of course went close uh, a few years ago uh, when you were on the 1-2 with uh, Molinari and, and Schauffele. But personally, it seems a little bit on the short side for me to be to have him kind of amongst these players in the market. How do you see these three? Yeah, I'm saying at every major championship here until he wins one, uh, below or 20 to one or below, it just doesn't wash with Sandler Schofler. Uh, he still hasn't won in a couple of years. You know, I think the Open Championship might be, especially an Open Championship with fair weather, I think could be uh, a great chance for him, actually. And he played okay last week. He switched putting methods again, switched from the arm lock. So, there could be positives in there, but again, he can go and win it around the 18 to 1 mark, and I won't be crying on somebody not being on. Uh, McElroy and Thomas, I would probably choose McElroy out of the, th- the three of those guys. Again, it, it, it's going to be sunny and warm, might be windy, yes, but uh, it, it looks like the weather will be good. So that will suit McElroy. It suited him in Royal Liverpool a few years ago, uh, and he's playing decent enough stuff. There's a lot of positives. He's definitely improving. Uh, Thomas wouldn't strike me as one to get really involved with around the 20 to 1 mark in an open championship either. Uh, I expected to get at least 25s, maybe 28s for him this week. Uh, I think we back him at 28s at Tory Pines, and I, I would say that their price was, uh, or that course would suit him better than an open championship mm-hmm. even. He showed good signs last week in Scotland, to be fair. Uh, played well throughout the week, so I wouldn't rule it out, but at the same time, I wouldn't really like to get involved at that price. Same with Dustin Johnson. I just don't think he's in the same form as what he was when he won the Masters. Plus, uh, he just doesn't strike me as one of those open championship types. Who I, I don't know whether he'd win one in, in his career. And I certainly wouldn't want to back him around the 21 mark either. You know, you've got the likes of Terrell Hatton. Yeah, I'm adamant that the likes of Terrell Hatton, even though I haven't backed him, but there's numerous golfers further down the list here that should be shorter than the likes of Dustin Johnson uh, Thomas, Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Cantlay, even Colin Morikawa. Uh, 
I think those guys who plenty of people have backed, I've backed a few of them, the likes of Casey, Grace, Fleetwood, Lowry. I think all those guys should be shorter in the market than those Americans. Uh, it's a bold statement, but uh, they, these Open Championships do suit these European golfers who have uh, more experience maybe on these type of courses and on uh, and in the desert in the Far East. So uh, even the likes of Fitzpatrick too, who played great golf last week. I think these guys all have livelier chances than even uh, the Dustin Johnsons and the Justin Thomases of this world. Going to ask you about two Americans that I've backed in a second. I think you're going to um, tell me that I'm, I'm crazy given what you've just said. But first, can we just talk about Louis Eustazen? Because I know that you like to side with players who are knocking on the door uh, of majors. And, you know, his performances in the US Open, the US PGA combined is, is quite clearly the best major tournament form coming into this. And he is, of course, a previous winner of the Claret Jug. And he's also lost an Open Championship playoff as well. So ticks plenty of the boxes and at 35 to 1 maybe looks like it hasn't been taken too much into consideration especially when you consider the obvious um not weaknesses but the obvious reasons why you wouldn't get involved with some of the players like Shoffley like Dustin Johnson that you mentioned yeah I think the price is just about right like I'm preferring it bigger if I was going to back him uh the thing that's the thing that worries me is that you know even though Louis Tyson has a great attitude, one of the best in the games, in the game, but that defeat of Tory Pines will surely hurt. Like you know, mm. four or five holes to go over there, he was in, he was half in control of it before Rand just pulled out. You know, if Rand doesn't hold them two putts on those last two greens, those two twenty footers, he wins by two shots. It's an awful bitter pill to swallow. Uh, even for even for a guy like Eustazen, who has a great attitude towards the game, uh, you know we backed him at twenty pounds that week as well. But we backed him at sixty six to one, and now you're talking half that price and less. Uh, yes, he might suit an open championship more, maybe than anybody suits that kind of test. But uh, when we're talking about putting and trying to make a try and make a few quid at this, I don't think that's the kind of price that you want to be backing Eustazen at. Uh, He's come close numerous times in major championships, but the 28 to 1 to 33s out there just wouldn't quite cut it for me. Right, time for me to tell you two players that I've backed and need to tell me that I'm crazy and I should have waited until after the podcast to back them. Uh, Start with one you've already mentioned there, whose chances you don't like. Um, I've backed Patrick Cantlay, which I didn't think I would ever probably do from major championship until he won one. But I think just the way that he plays, he's 35 to 1 uh, with 365 at the moment. He's somebody who's not played very many um open championships so far but he did finish 12th on his debut back in 2018 and then 41st last time so he's made two cuts he's i think he's a better player than he was back then as well and if you look at the the kind of player that finished towards the top end of the market that kind of wilier older player i think even though he's not an old player the way that he plays the game and the way he keeps it straight and you can be pretty sure he's not going to hit the rough too many times and he's decent around the greens coupled with the fact that he's won recently just seems to tick a few boxes where i have him in terms of player quality, probably around the same level as somebody like Shoffley. Yeah, you're getting nearly twice the price for him. Um, so that's it's now up to you, now to tell me where I've gone wrong. Well, I've mentioned numerous times in this podcast before. I'm always, I'm, I'm of the opinion that Cantley is an overrated golfer. If anything, yeah, uh, he hasn't won enough for me. Even well, to be fair, that's very harsh. You know, in the last eighteen months, he, he's been he's been superb with his wins, actually, but. Uh, he just doesn't strike me as one who's going to win an Open Championship. But 
I agree with you that he, he may be on a similar uh, trajectory than you know the likes of Sander Schofler, and you are getting close to double the price. But uh, is keeping it on the straight and narrow will be important this week, and he, he is he is one to keep it in play. And there's a lot of positives going for him, but uh, I think there's just the Europeans are around the same price. Hmm. So much more value to me. Uh, the likes, even though I haven't backed them, the likes of Fleetwood and Larry, you know, I'd far rather back those guys at the same price and bigger, actually, than Cantley, who hasn't really contended an open championship yet at all. And uh, strikes me, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll continue with this that he's just slightly more really good. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think maybe. You've seen, seen him around the 20 to 1 mark and 25 to 1 mark for meter championships before, so the 35 to 1 out there, uh, I certainly wouldn't uh, put anyone off backing him. I'm uh, I'm feeling we might have a Lowry uh, Cantley side bet maybe after this podcast is recorded. Um, finally, I mean every uh, another player that I seem to back in every single major. But who, Niall? Do you know this? You may have seen. I think Justin Ray tweeted it yesterday. Who is the only player to finish in the top ten in the last two Open Championships? Uh, you should know this. I've been telling you that I'm going to back him for this for the last pretty much two years. Finau, is it? Yeah, Tony Finau. I mean, it, it's frustrating for me having genuinely backed him for this, you know, when it was the Open Championship 2020. I've been backing him for this tournament for 18 months. And it's annoying for me that he comes into it in the worst form he's been in in 18 months. But he's a player who just has a very sneaky good links form. You know, he's two top tens. And you, when you think what the conditions were like in Port Rush as well, I mean, this is a player who he's not a fair weather links player. He can he can really stubborn it out when when the when the wind's blowing, which isn't necessarily going to be the case this weekend. He's also got very handy downhill links form as well and the couple of times he's played. Um, and you're getting, again, a price around about the 50 to 1 mark, 55 to 1. When normally you're seeing in the States, he's going off probably 33s, 40s for these majors as well. Um, so there seems to be this idea that he's not a very good links player, whereas actually his form suggests completely the opposite. But, of course, coming into it, he's not playing particularly well. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, he was on my shortlist of about 12 or 13 players yesterday that I actually thought it will down to seven, but it will down to eight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, as you say, sneaky good links for him. And, you know, if this was a, if this was a run-of-the-mill uh, PJ Tour event, you would probably see closer to half that price, what he is. Mm. Uh, the links for him, Andrews, the form to be fair, I, I suppose, has contributed to that price. But you see 70 and bigger, even on the exchanges, which... There's many tappings for a guy like Fina who uh, has threatened major championships before, has a great record in them. So, uh, yeah, he is one I certainly would not put you off back around the 50 to 1 mark and bigger when only. Uh, yeah, he's, he's got everything and he can keep the ball low when he wants to. He can punch where he not sh- no shots in and he has got a lot going for him. If he, if he can just find some form, which he has early on in the year, he had some of the best form actually when he went you know, runners up a couple weeks in a row. Uh, if, he, if he can recapture that form, he must have a great chance. No, oh, it'd be glorious to see Tony Finau lifting the claret jug uh, on Sunday. We can't do an open championship preview. The last one we're going to talk about now before we let you go, without mentioning, of course, Bryson DeChambeau, who is nothing but box office. We've, of course, had the drama surrounding his caddy over the last couple of weeks. I'm sure there's going to be some interesting stuff between him and Brooks Kepka over the weekend as well. 
how do you rate Bryson's chances? A player who, you know, we know has the muscle to get himself out of um, some pretty nasty rough. So if he is going to be wavered off the tee, there's nobody with the tools better to get himself out of that pickle. But does he strike you as somebody who can go well at, at St. George's over the weekend? See, the thing at them long, open, long major venues is that when you hit the rough, the high rough, and he has got the strength to get out of it, mm. uh, he's closer to the green. It proves a big advantage. But an open championship is totally different because you would you would rather be in the fairway two hundred yards away than in the rough a hundred yards away. That's not the case in mm. those uh, you know those major slogs in the states. So uh, Bryson totally does not interest me even around the thirty-three to one mark. Uh, even the video I seen yesterday, he struck he struggled to get it out of the rough that he was in. It didn't mm. look good at all. So. Uh, it all depends. If he drives a straight ball, which he's very capable of doing, you know, he could score very well at the end of the day. But uh, yeah, I think it, I think he will probably come unstuck with the uh, with the high rough there is this week, and it does look very high. So he's maybe one to look to take on if you see any match bets for the bookmakers. Any guys around the same price are even better. You've got the likes of Fitzpatrick, even Oosthuizen, the likes of Hatton. If you can get them up against Bryce in a match bet, that might be a decent bet. Interesting. Now, now, I know you've been busy at home over the last week or so, so you haven't had a chance to look through all of the um, submarkets. We're going to leave that. But one you've just mentioned there, so I'll, I'll pick it up. I'm, I'm guessing you think the 11 or 4 available for Bryson to miss the cut could be an appealing way to go? Yeah, it could be, yeah. I don't know whether his game will be that bad to miss the cut, but at the end of the day, I'm an open championship. It's very easy to make these. You can run up a high number very easily on some of these holes. And especially if Bryson goes from rough, into one of those pot bunkers that it's hard to get out of. Mm. You could run up a triple or, or quadruple bogey quite easily. And Bryson will do well to keep the old bogeys off the card this week. There you have it. Thank you very much to Niall there for giving us his thoughts ahead of the Open Championship starting on Thursday at Royal St George's this weekend. All of his tips there, all eight, you can read uh, up on the Odds Checker app. You can also find all of the bets and markets we spoke about today, the very best prices, the best place terms. As I say, plenty out there really sticking their neck out. A couple of 12 places, a couple of 11, 8, 9, 10. Whatever you want there, you can find the player you want to back and find the best terms with which to do so. Free bets up there as well, bookie offers and, and all sorts too. So do download the Odds Checker app. Do subscribe to our YouTube channel for plenty of other preview content across all sports. And do find this podcast and other podcasts up on any podcast platform as well too. So please do enjoy the weekend's golf and please gamble responsibly. Mm-hmm.